Welcome to Circuitous Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 70 for Tuesday, January 10th, 2012. I am Bill Wadman. And I am Dan Gottesman. Uh, sorry, we're a day late, people. Uh, we had things to do. Yeah, I was a little under the weather. I'm actually still <clears throat> a little congested in the throatal area, but I'm getting over it. Like mentally or physically? Both. Okay. I'm okay. I'm getting better. Okay. I have to admit getting better uh all the time you know we haven't had we haven't had a photo podcast in a few weeks have we uh i don't think so we haven't really no we talked about well we talked about some gear stuff for the holidays for the christmas bit, stuff and then, right and we talked about the triggers a couple weeks ago the but, triggers uh, was at least a month ago wasn't it it was four ago 66 okay uh so i i was thinking that we could talk a little bit about the new flagship cameras. Oh yeah. Well, CES is going on now. There's a bunch of kind of neat new stuff happening. There are a lot of neat new stuff at CES too, including some um, actual Thunderbolt devices. Yeah. Did Finally. you see that cool uh, the thing from from Belkin? No. Oh, is this the uh, is this basically the hub like the Thunderbolt display without the display? Yep. Yeah. But uh, they want th- like three hundred dollars for this thing. Well, whatever. I mean, it's it's a first gen, you know, yeah. thing, and, and it's not even going to be available till the end of the year. But the fact that people are, you know, making the effort and yep. going there, that's that's exciting. So I mean, you know, you know, it's gonna. I mean, can you remember how much like the very first USB hub or the very first FireWire hub? Sure. Cost. I mean, I think <laughs> I remember when hubs used to be like fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, come on, I'm not gonna spend fifty bucks on a hub. It is kind of amazing, though, isn't it that. Uh whenever I see technology like that, right? So this is, this is a thing that plugs in a uh, Thunderbolt to your computer and gives you ethernet, USB, firewire. What else does it give you? Uh, HDMI, HDMI, and uh, another pair of firewire. Uh, sorry, another pair of Thunderbolts, which okay, you can so use to for regular Daisy video chain. too. Okay. Yeah, and for video. So whenever I see devices like that, all I ever think is, Oh, this is one of those weird Frankenstein things between generations of stuff that bridges the gap. You know what I mean? Like the kind of thing that you're going to find in your bag of stuff 10 years from now and be like, oh, man, remember when we were trying to plug USB into a Thunderbolt port, (laughs) you know, like like that whole kind of. No, it's true. You know, I have a a hankering, a a hunch that Apple is going to step into that game a little bit i, I would, Basically wouldn't make a thunderbolt display without the thunderbolt yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if apple makes like a little you know thunderbolt docky type thing with, don't they want to sell you the display well they do but not everyone needs a display yeah you know um but i don't know uh, i could be totally wrong i mean i'm sure somebody thought of it that's for sure yeah whether yeah. or not it actually uh will come to fruition or not that remains to be seen i'm just waiting for a 299 dollar enclosure with no drives that i can put four drives into and connect to a thunderbolt port and you know like a little like a 300 dollar raid box essentially well without without a raid controller though just just an empty box right no with a raid controller and everything oh okay well good luck Well, because i mean they make ones for I think they're like 199 or 250 that are like firewire and USB and all the rest of it. So not I'll no, give you, not, not I'll with give controllers. You, they don't. Yeah, they do. Like that for uh, Raid Five. Not for, they yeah. don't give you no way. Like the the one that uh, the uh, OWC sells. Yeah. Uh, which is like it, it's five drives. Uh, it's called the blah 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 the Mercury Elite Pro QX2. Uh-huh. And it does RAID 5, RAID 10, and uh-huh. you can get it empty for 279 bucks. It has FireWire 800, FireWire 400, USB, and eSATA. Huh. Yeah. And it's, oh, I and see. It, I, I'm, I was looking at the ones with drives in it that were more yeah. expensive. Right. So you yeah, get one of these. 300 and, bucks isn't bad. Right. So I basically want that, but with, Thunderbolt. With Thunderbolt. Yeah, I think you know? that's reasonable. I and think, I, I think we'll we're maybe a year uh, out. Yeah, next 12 months for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's sort of like the holy grail because then you can build a machine and not have to worry about a whole lot of internal storage. Yeah, you, yeah. You could ha- you could use a Mac Mini, assuming you can get enough RAM. To- Speaking of which, uh, my friend Craig, <laughs> yeah, uh, bought a new computer. He's been using a MacBook Pro to do all of his, or uh, yeah, a 15 inch MacBook Pro from like two years ago. So like the the middle of the road Core Two right. Duo. 
the one know? that I've got. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Probably the one you have. Uh, I think he's maybe got eight gigs of RAM, but maybe four. Probably mm-hmm. four. I don't think he would have gotten eight in that um, or thought to put it in. Um, but he's been doing all these, like, I mean, you know, billboard size things, and I don't know how the heck he's doing them on. Some people have patience, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was he was like, oh, I got to buy a new computer. So he bought a 27-inch iMac with the 3.4 i7. Sure. And great. Yeah. Uh, with the 256 SSD and a one terabyte spinning drive. Nice. And then I told him where to buy RAM. So uh-huh. he bought uh, four 8-gig SO DIMMs, so 32 gigs of RAM in an iMac. <laughs> That's brilliant. And I went over there, put the RAM in, booted right up, and it is fast. Yeah, dude. Those like, are I mean, great little machines. Honestly, unless you need the slots, <clears throat> yeah, no need for the Mac Pro anymore. Right. I mean, unless you want to do eSATA. Yeah. Okay, but this thing's got a Thunderbolt port, so assuming in the next six months... That's true. And I, 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 get a dock you, I saw something. the... Uh, uh what's it called the, the pegasus is that what it is yeah the promise the, yeah yeah so is it called the pegasus yeah it's i think a, it is a silly name yeah uh anyway <clears throat> i got to play with one of those on one of the uh the new uh 17 inch macbook pros right and it was peppy man like right and those things start at 500 at, megs a second right and those <laughs> things start at like a grand i think ish yeah and he doesn't actually have that much storage need like i mean right. it, he surprisingly doesn't use that much storage cool um so, like, other than getting a little USB drive to plug in to have it super duper at night just in case. Right. Like, he's set, you know, for less than three grand for a serious machine with 32 gigs and a 27-inch monitor. It's it's pretty exciting, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a good time to be in that scene. And the funny thing is that Mac Pros are still, like, even these, you know, two, three-year-old three machines with SSDs and a bunch of RAM in them yeah. are, are still holding up pretty pretty darn well. Yeah. It's it's all man. It's all about the SSD. I'm telling you, um, and that well, there you go. The Mac Pro was the flagship computer for Apple. No, uh, would you call it the flagship? Well, flagship it's, is it's a tricky the highest term. And well, see, the problem is now it's a little bit behind. But it used to be where the highest technology was. It's where the G5 was when it wasn't <laughs> anything else, or you know that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's tough with. With a company like Apple, because their product line is so yeah, their flagship might be the is so small. Air. Yeah. So all of their computer, all of their products are kind of like flagships, you know. True, true. Yeah, but it um, was the expensive thing that had the most doohickeys. I mean, it was their most expensive computer. Yeah. I'll definitely give you that. I can't. Yeah. But when I when I hear the the word flagship, I hear I think, you know, like. Uh, Example, you know, represent, you know, this is the 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 representative. This right. is this is the, the the best of the best. This is the so the sort so, of. So, would you say that the Fifth Avenue Apple Store is the flagship store? Wasn't it considered the flagship store for a well, while? It's a good question. Um, in the old days, when there were not so many Apple stores, uh, you could sort of singularize the word flagship. But um, as they as they grew in in number. Um, the term flagship became more of a classification um, than than a than a label, if that makes any sense. So, so for example, uh, Fifth Ave and Soho were were both considered flagship stores, right? Um, so, if, if you think of, I mean, this actually, I kind of got a kick out of this when I first kind of heard about all this. But uh, the way Apple stores uh, were sort of referred to internally was by their by their size. Uh, you have to you have to remember most Apple stores were either in malls or, you know, bunched up with you know in shopping centers of some sort, right. either out, you know outside or inside, and they were they were classified by by their length. So <laughs> you know, there's like a 20 foot store, a 40 foot store, a 60. You know, not not a, a lot, not a whole lot, unlike how boats are yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. measured as well. So I thought it was just kind of fun, you know, to you know, oh, we're in a flagship, you know, it's like oh, okay, you know, and and it's not unreasonable for for a navy or for a fleet of ships to have more than one flagship ship, you know, yep. um, but. Uh, but yeah, so the, the, yeah, the Fifth Ave store was was uh, one of the two major flagships, and I I don't know if Fourteenth Street here in New York could be. I mean, it's Fourteenth Street has I think well actually now Grand Central has the biggest uh, square footage, um, but I, yeah, I don't know how they how they classify it anymore. I mean, now there's it's crazy, man. There's four giant Apple stores within a six mile radius, yeah, uh, of each other. It's kind of nuts. 
Yeah, no, it's true. And they're all busy all the time. Although I guess Soho isn't that big, although they are expanding it now. I don't know if you know Soho's under yep. construction now. So I like the little pop-up store that they've built down there. I haven't, I haven't visited yet. It's weird. But uh, <laughs> I get it. I mean, it's cool that they could do that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is funny. But, but no, as far as the Apple computers are concerned and their products, I mean, what would you say is the flagship phone? You know, the 64? I mean, all three phones. True. You know, well, they, the they iPhone pretty is, much only one make iPhone one and they come phone, in three different right? sizes. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing can be said for the, yeah. the Mac Pro. I mean, and the iMac. There's basically, what, a small and a large? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? but, but of their computers, I think that, you know, if you were going to ask for the one with the... It, the problem is right now, for example, the Pro doesn't have Thunderbolt. It doesn't have... Oh, the Pro is... Th- four or five years old, man. I mean, the yeah. Pro hasn't had a, an industrial design bump yeah. in years. It needs a lot of work. Oh, well, just, I mean, it's, it's, it's ripe, you know, it's, yeah. it's ready to, ready to be changed. It's, it's the only, it's seriously, it's the last holdout. It's the only yeah. Macintosh that hasn't been significantly touched in almost five years. You know, one of the things that I find fascinating about this whole thing is that the, so Canon and Nikon have put out these new, announced these new cameras, right? Yeah, they sure did. Their new flagship cameras. Yeah, those I think see now that that's easier because they're those are different models that have different features yep. and target different audiences. And I yeah, I, I guess I, I would feel more comfortable calling, you know, the top end cameras from Nikon and Canon uh right. flagship models than I would computers from Apple. But I found something interesting and we'll get into the specs and the history a little bit, but I was thinking about it the other day. And uh-huh. it used to be that you could buy what was the low-end Nikon film camera like in the 90s? Like, what would you buy if you wanted to buy Nikon and were buying a film camera, like an automatic film camera? An automatic film yeah, camera? Yeah, yeah. Not like buying uh, an F. With like autofocus? I mean, like a, like a consumer? Grade? Yeah. Um, they had the N-series. Oh, right, right, right. The N-100 so the, there was like the N- and... N-70 and the N-80. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, and, and then there was also an F-series. Right. Like the F, well, I think in Europe, the F-100 or whatever it was. Well, the thing that I find fascinating about it is that if you had that camera and you had the F-4 or whatever would be the current camera back then, right? The, the flagship back then. So we're, we're talking, let's just make it, make it so we're all on the same page here. So you're talking 1990. Yeah. Where the there's a pro like the top end pro camera, yep. which will say body. I, I yeah. might be off by a year here, but it's probably the F. I think the F4 came out in ninety or ninety two. Okay, let's say the F4. Sure. So the F whenever the F4 was released, that was that was a significant um, release for for Nikon. Anyway, sure. That was that was the first uh, only motorized pro body. Like you didn't have an option. Like it came right. motorized whether you liked it or not. Right. Um, and it was also the first autofocus. F series flagship camera because okay. autofocus was still kind of newish back then. Right. I mean, they still they still had other. There was the eighty eighty or the eighty oh eight, I think it was, which was still you know a top end. It was considered a professional grade um, autofocus camera, but it didn't have like all the bells and whistles that the F, you know, right, line, right, right. line had. And so the F four when the F four came out, it was sort of like the marriage of the the F three and the eighty oh eight. You're such a Nikon nerd. I, I'm just coming off with this off the top of my head. I haven't thought about that stuff in years. I might be wrong. Well, what I find fascinating about it is that if you put the same glass in front of those two cameras, the low-end one and the high-end one, yep, and weren't talking about shooting sports or something at six frames a second, right? those two cameras with the same film could take the same picture. Same, Well, same film and same lens. Yeah. Same Absolutely. film, same glass. The body was literally just a conduit. Yeah, and as long as you're shooting at a reason, you know, that you weren't right. taking advantage of like a special, you know, sh- right. shutter speed or anything like that, you know, yeah. you're shooting at like a 60th of a second at f5.6. Right. Uh, and what I find fascinating now is these new cameras are upper teens megapixels. The Nikon is 16, the Canon is 18, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. And you're, talking about the, the, you're talking about the new one. The, the brand new, the D4 the and the 1DX. Yeah. And the D4. Yeah. The 1DX um, is 18.1. And the D4 is 16.2. Okay. So what I find fascinating is that you can buy a low-end Canon or Nikon digital body, cropped sensor, mind you, right? Sure. But that is 16 or 18 megapixels for less than a grand. Sure. It's kind of the first time that the low-end camera could theoretically give you... I mean, assuming you're not out in the middle of darkness and shooting whatever, you know, if you're just like taking pictures of a landscape or whatever it is, sure. that you could get the same quality image out of two cameras that are a, a degree of magnitude price difference. Huh. You know? You, th- you think so? Well, really, really close. You don't think sure. that, a you know, a, a low-end 
Canon Rebel could take a really like a picture that's almost as good as my 5D. You know, uh, assuming I, I, the conversion of the, you know, I, you know, I'm not convinced because uh, I've seen like side by sides, you know, grid style tests, yeah. of, you know, like the same composition with with different cameras and lens combos, and some of them are pretty, pretty different. In what Especially way? On, I just on the lower end ones are, you know, fuzzier, more noisy, less contrast, less less sharp. Um, See, I, I mean, haven't really when seen you're, that. This is at a hundred percent, Matt. Mind right, you. right, mean, right, right, right. When if we're talking about on a printed page, looked at from, you know across the room, I don't think anyone's going to yeah. make any. But any, I guess uh, my thing is that it used to be that like the consumer one was at six megapixels, and the pro one was at eleven or sixteen right. megapixels. Well, we know that it's not about the number of megapixels, right? Anymore. No, of of course. But I'm just saying that like there was always a real technical advantage to these cameras, and these new cameras are coming out, and you know, assuming I have enough light, I don't think that this one DX would take a better photograph than my five D Mark two. Well, I, you I mean, again, you're talking about when you say better photograph, what do you mean? Well, that the file coming out of it would be any better, like more accurate or whatever it is Then it, it's not going to your the photograph I could take with it is not going to be of higher image quality than your five D Mark two. Yeah, probably, probably not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with you there. You think that it would be. Yeah. Do you do you think that the One DS Mark III takes a better picture than my Five D? No, those are of the same basic vintage. And okay. The same. So what do you what generation. do you think that this camera is going to do that's so much better than mine? It's, at, it's, at it's ISO one hundred or ISO two hundred. It's a next gen sensor, man. It's going to do the same thing that the the difference between the Five D and the Five D Mark II did. No, you know? because that was a jump of twice the pixels. This is giving me less pixels. Yeah, but so maybe we, the dynamic range this. is more. That's what I'm saying. The, right. it, 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 the, now, what's happening now in, in sensor technology is is they're they're focusing less on making giant images. You know, less on the on the the XY, if you will, yeah. less on the overall footprint of the image, and more on the on the depth, if yeah, you will. No, I understand, but I I don't know that anybody would know the difference. Oh, I, I I'm sure I could tell. <laughs> we should do some blind taste tests. Yeah, you should. I'd be happy to. Well, I'm gonna. I'm get sure you could tell too. Blind. You're not. You're not. Uh, yeah, but I look. I to that stuff. I have taken pictures. I t- I used to have a one DS three, and handling it was better. Autofocus it was better. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take better pictures than my five D Mark. You're saying the files that came out of the camera weren't better enough than the the files that came out of the five D Mark two to warrant the the expense or the hassle yes. or whatever, or the size yeah. or the whatever. In fact, the one, the five D Mark two actually took slightly, arguably better pictures. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost an identical sensor, right? Yeah. I, I I've compared so the feature differences are really about autofocus and yeah, I mean, speed of uh, speed and, of shooting and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then some of the other ergonomic yeah. features and stuff like that. No, and I've these cameras are getting two. absurd because the, like the one DX, I think it takes 14 pictures a second it can do when the when the when the uh the mirror is locked up seriously 14 frames a second that's insane yeah it's kind of absurd (laughs) i mean that's video (laughs) well it's it's crappy video yeah yeah (laughs) um but yeah you can you can do that i mean i don't know how long it gets to sustain that for though yeah i think it only does like 60 of those it can only do 60 or 80 frames at that but that's still that is just nuts it's kind of nuts the new Nikon does that too, you know. They have uh, they have this thing where oh, okay. it, it can, can do, do twelve 20... frames per second continuous, fourteen frames. But if then you if you do the mirror, mirror lockup thing, it does a video trick where it can do I think twenty frames a second or something absurd like that. Oh, the Nikon one. Yeah, it's nuts. I was watching a video about it, and they're saying how like it, it's not full size, like the video that you're getting or the, the shots yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're getting aren't full. Yeah, but they they it, two point five megapixels at twenty four frames a second. Yeah, and it's completely silent. So yeah, like yeah, if, yeah, you're, if you're in a courtroom or, you know, yeah. you know, an art production or something like, you know, you can't afford to have your mirror slapping around. Um, that's pretty slick. Well, it's, it's like using a handheld camera where yeah. you're using the back but of even, the camera. But even, even more though, because there's no actual clicking of a shutter. Like the shutter does, it, it's all happening electronically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but isn't that the same case with the, you know, there's no shutter in a little tiny compact camera. What are you talking about? Of course there is. Like if you have like a little digital elf. Yeah, they are, you know, you think it's an electronic shutters? shutter. No, it's got it's got a mechanical shutter that's electronically controlled, but it's got a. Sh- you can hear the little clickety click uh, of the of the shutter snapping closed and open again. See, I don't know if I can. Really? 
my, That's a good my, question. My, my digital elf and my G7, when I did my time-lapse stuff, you could always hear them. You don't it's think just, that, that little, was something it's, it's else the same, going on? No, it was the same sound as the, uh, very similar to uh, a Leica, or to any rangefinder camera. Like uh, a little, just a little tick. Yep, just a little tick. See, I felt like, I feel like my, uh, what's it called, had an electronic shutter. Now, it is an electronic shutter. I mean, I mean, electrical, like, you know, just on the sensor, it was just choosing when it grabbed the data. I don't think so. I mean, it, you could be right, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe different cameras are different. But the ones, the ones that I've personally handled, yeah. the PowerShot SD630 and the PowerShot G7, I can personally attest. Yeah, yeah. Shutters in them for sure. As did my Coolpix cameras too, actually. My Coolpix 5000 and my Coolpix. But neither of them would be even noticeable in a room with people, would they? Um, you know, one of them was actually the Nikon's had a because of the autofocus motor. It was also kind of loud. Ah, well, there so you like go if you're too. in an art performance and everybody's quiet and there's no sound happening anywhere, and you hear that, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you hear that. Yeah, no, sure, I heard that part. Yeah, yeah. that part you could hear. Um, but you know what? What amazes me is actually how close these two, the Canon and the Nikon camera, are. They're yeah, almost this identical. Is, this is the closest the two flagship type cameras have been in a really long time. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of impressed. I mean, they're, you know, 10, 10% off from each other in resolution. The Canon's got a little bit of a jump on it, but like mm-hmm. almost nothing. Mm-hmm. The Canon's a slight bit faster, I think. Because it's, what? well, it can do 14 frames a second or it could do 12 with the mirror, 14 without the mirror thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the other one of the other interesting, impressive features that the Nikon has, uh, thanks to the new, what is it again? QXZ. I keep forgetting the stupid format. The new that new compact flash. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Um, Which seems to be more QXD. of an issue for video. Um, no, well, what, what, or if, if you're, you're shooting if you're raw shooting, at whatever, if yeah. you're shooting raw files to a QXD card, it can eat them faster and more of them. It so, blows my mind that anybody would be shooting sports like. 10, 12 frames per second raw to a to a thing, dude. Could I'm, you imagine I, editing those photos? What I can a just, nightmare. I mean, I, I promise you, man. <laughs> wait, wait till the next Olympics, and we'll see. I'll be really curious to see how many white versus black lenses we'll see uh, in those, you know, arrays that yeah, are set sure. up. And I'll be really curious. I mean, it would probably be fifty fifty again, like it was last time. But right. uh, I'm sure the sports guys. And you know, the other thing that's going to be, tr- it's like super. Actually, this is something that really, I think, uh, takes the cake as far as the with the Nikon has to offer. I, I'd, be, I'd be really surprised if Canon doesn't implement something like this, but you know that the new D4 has essentially a built-in web server in it. Did you hear about this? Well, the the 1DX has uh, Ethernet too. Ethernet, but does it have the ability so that once you plug it in, to, you could literally plug the camera into your laptop via Ethernet, pull up, it, you know, it, it gives itself, self-assigns itself, okay. it self-assigns itself <laughs> uh, an IP number. You point your, any web browser and it can be wireless too. You can do this with an iPad or you know any any mobile device that can join the network. Yeah. You point your browser to the camera's IP number, and you can get a live view of what the camera's looking at, and you can control it. And I think you can even grab the footage from it too. So you can actually shoot tethered video and still, which is kind of insane. I'd like to see that in action. Wouldn't that be? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a great idea? Yeah, it's a neat idea. I you know I've, I the Ethernet's an interesting thing though. I mean. I was wondering how they were going to do that, like, because when you plug in a USB or FireWire device, there's specs for, you know, connecting a camera, mm-hmm. and so the computer knows, oh, that's yeah, a camera, like a mass, and Lightroom knows storage, that's a camera, exactly, yeah, exactly. Sure. But it, over Ethernet, what is it setting up as an iSCSI device? Like, what? No, you no, know I, what I mean, like, I think it's using regular old TCP/IP, man. I think it's just setting up a, a SharePoint. Okay, well, that's fine, but like, how does if I was shooting tethered, the software then has to know how to deal with that. So does Capture One or whatever know, or, or Lightroom know how to deal with an Ethernet connected camera? Or so are you going to have to use Canon or Nikon software? No, here's here's my guess. And again, this is all complete speculation. But if I had to guess, what I would say is, you would be able, you'll be able to set it up. If you're Ethernetting your camera to your computer, you should be able to from the camera browse via some sharing protocol, either SMB, FTP, or who knows, maybe even it speaks AFP for all I know. But some you, you should be able to essentially mount or, or, or connect to the computer 
and target essentially select for, again from the camera a folder to capture your images to. Right. And once you've done that, pointing capture one or or, or Lightroom or whatever to watch to, folder. Yeah. Well, that's how capture one works anyway. I mean, capture one basically you, you know you set a specific set of folders for your for your um you know for your work. There's like four different folders that you set uh, when you're starting a session. Um, and it doesn't really care if it, it's doing the capturing or if the camera's doing it or if it's tethered or if it's watching or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, off it goes. I'm interested in the details of that because it's sort of been vague so far. You well, know? yeah, it's it's I don't think, you know, it's it's a lower it's a less popular uh, feature. So it's not getting as much uh, attention. And even so, the uh, the Ethernet, you know, I mean, it's an interesting thing because the cables can go long. Yeah. Much longer, and they have a locking cable built in, so you know right, right. the RJ forty five connector is a lot more robust. You can, and you can make your own, yeah. So you can make them custom length. No, and you can and carry spares. They're cheap. Yep. Yeah, no, and they're I, fast. I love all that. I just yeah. you know, they come in colors. Yeah, come on, man. I you know what else could be really cool, man? Oh, this could be amazing. So imagine if you ha- let's say you're you're an Olympic shooter, or you're some crazy, I don't know time lapse guy or motion capture guy imagine you could just start plugging all your computers in with regular uh switches ethernet switches <laughs> you know and then having yeah, yeah, them yeah. all show up and then because I, I think i remember re- reading that in the specs i think the web you know the web-based interface can synchronize up to 10 cameras together i think i read that somewhere which is kind of amazing if you think about it yeah 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 it's i mean it's interesting it, all this stuff a lot of it comes to comes down to handling uh, in the field and how these function actually work, you know? Sure. Um, like I use tethered to Lightroom sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Lightroom is kind of crappy. For well, me, even tethered to, um, to the Canon software and the connection gets lost sometimes. And then, you know, you try to kind of reactivate it and then yeah. and the have, camera locks everything up and power and everything on and off and unplug and replug. Yeah. It's a, it's a hassle. Yeah. It's like, it's, it should like, this is, it seems like it should be really simple and easy and this shouldn't I th- break. Honestly, I think Ethernet is the way, man, because Ethernet is, is a totally different protocol. It, there's no, it doesn't have voltage. It's not voltage dependent. It doesn't have the same electricity requirements that USB and FireWire do. Yeah. Um, it, it has way more, I think it has way more fault tolerance. So like if there's a lack, you know, a lag or a lapse, you know, Ethernet is, is designed to uh, to deal with, with crappy packets and, you know, drop, drop signal, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more forgiving. Uh, I think I think it's a huge step forward, and I, um, I mean you might remember when the when the One DX first came out. That was my number one, you know, favorite yeah, yeah, yeah. feature is like the built-in Ethernet port. I think that's great. I'm gonna yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see if the um, the pictures out of this actually out of these cameras actually look that good. Oh come on, why wouldn't they look good? No, I'm why, sure why I'm sure they'll so look negative? great, but I, I no no no, I'm sure they're gonna look great. But the pictures out of current cameras look pretty great. So that's true. You know, no, that's true. How much better are they actually going to be? Here's you the know, real question: Is is would could you even fathom considering spending six grand on a new camera? <laughs> sure, I spent eight grand on my old camera. Yeah, I wouldn't buy. I, I I can't see. That's the thing, man. I cannot justify spending money on a new camera. Oh, I can't anymore. justify it, but <laughs> I still want it. Okay, well, wanting and justifying you know. are two different things. Um, it's interesting. It depends. It depends on the work that's coming through at the time. You know. Right. Uh, one big job could easily justify that, you know, or make it so that it doesn't feel so painful. Sure. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I miss a hundred percent viewfinder. I miss low blackout times. Um, but it'd be weird going down in resolution. Cause you know, it's, it's interesting though, because even now, most of the time, if my pictures are not looking great, it's because of some fault of my glass or focus or, you know what I mean? I do. I mean, but the, my I mean, sensor is certainly not the limiting factor in the picture. But do you really, you really like having those big ass files? Yes. Right. Me? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I print stuff at 20 by 30 sometimes. And you sometimes. Know, yeah. But you're, you, now, let me ask I you I like this. the do ability you really think, to do that. Do you really think that there's going to be that big of a difference between the files coming out of these newer cameras and I know what your camera, like if you were to print, you know, a file out of one DX at yeah. 20 by 30 versus a 5d Mark two no. at 20 by 30, you think there, there's going to be a big difference. You mean that the, the, the new camera would be less than or, or better. 
Um, I doubt that there's that much of a difference. Yeah, in overall data that's captured, which is what, which is kind of my point, is that it really, even now, it's glass limited and technique limited more than it is technology limited. So my my take on it is, why do I need these extra megapixels if it's only going to take up more space and slow things down more? So what? So what about the new cameras actually excite you? Because you're not a big like frame per second guy. So right. So really, it's just the Ethernet. That's the only thing that that gets you hot and bothered. <laughs> um, well, technically, yeah. I mean that that's the only thing that that that's really new. That's the yeah. only thing you that know, changes that has changed at all in yeah. any of these cameras is is the I/O you is know, the I, way that you know that the, the files get in and out of the, yeah. of the of the camera. And that that to me, as someone who works you know in a studio and who has to deal with that kind of stuff, is is a big deal. Uh, I was I had lunch today with my friend Randy, who's you know been a photographer forever. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that um, he had a friend who worked for Nikon or Canon or whatever it was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And he said that, you know, they were in real kind of dire straits because the camera business had the photography business had kind of flattened out that there weren't any more features to add to these things that people were holding onto their cameras longer, that there was right. nowhere for them to go. And I feel like in some ways the 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 digital digital SLR market is flattening out and plateauing because there's really nothing in these cameras. Okay, the One DX has a better screen than the One DS Mark III, but That's like true. other than that, like there's nothing that is that outrageous. It's very evolutionary. Yeah, I, and I think yeah, I'm not gonna. I would totally agree with you. I think if we're talking about component for component like sensor versus sensor that kind of thing yeah you're absolutely right i mean we're just seeing really this is more like fine tuning at this point exactly but what we are seeing that is a big deal and is revolutionary is stuff that you and and in my case sometimes me don't really give a crap about and that is uh in the video end of things another really amazing new feature I, i think the canon does this too but something that's really significant about the new d4 is that it it allows the video uh, to be sent out of its HDMI port um, uncompressed. Yep. So you can actually plug in uh, a dedicated video recorder via yep. HDMI and 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 you know bypass the internal the camera's CF card and just like use it as a pass through. Essentially, just use the camera as a as a as a you know as a dumb camera, not having to worry about you know compact flash cards and having to stop and start every twenty minutes and you know that that whole thing. You can literally just dump it right out of the out of the HDMI port, which is kind of huge. Sure. No, uh, I, I'm sure Canon does something similar. In fact, they have, apparently they offer, well, they offer something which is a kind of slightly different thing, which is a different compression format. Oh, right. I heard about that. Which, you know, they're big giant files, but their image quality is really amazing, apparently. So, sure. Sure. I so, mean, so it's so sort of that's similar kind of thing. Yeah. So again, but those sorts of features for video people, don't, yeah, don't but mean our, crap to you or me. But right. for some people, that's that's a deal breaker. I but mean, are video people going to be looking at that new EOS video camera, the C three hundred? Yeah, whatever the hell that is. Uh, you know, that, I mean, if, if sure. you're that serious about it, isn't that the direction you'd you know, be going? But that's the, that's the same way as with uh, PL I, mount I, lenses and the sure. Whole thing. But that's you can say that same sort of you can make that same sort of argument. Um, when you're saying, oh, well, if you're going to go medium format, then aren't you, why don't, you know, why don't you just go Hasselblad or Media yeah, or, or yeah, Mamiya? Yeah. You know, why not shoot six by four and a half or, you know, rather than, than five by five, you know, like why square? Why not rectangle? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a personal preference thing at that point. It's like, um, cause you know, the, I guarantee you that the, the C300 is going to be, you know, a dream camera for certain kinds of shooters. Yeah. And then there's other guys who were like, that thing looks like junk. I want that. Give me the new red what is it, the Scarlet or you know sure. whatever the yeah. new the new little red you know which are both relative I think they're 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 kind of comparable to one another in size and feature set yeah uh, although I've heard mixed well the Canon things. just gives you 1080p where the other ones can go up to 4k but but even our friend Claude has said that's great and everything but like most people don't need 4k <laughs> you it's know. true it's true uh, um, the 1080p looks pretty damn good even like projected when you're 30 feet away from it. Yeah, and then and then on the higher end, you have these the the new digital camera from Ari, yep. the the Alexa, yep. which is kind of insane, uh, you know. But that thing costs like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars or something like that. Apparently, uh, uh, Chuck Westerfall, you know, who is the uh, uh, Westfall rather. Uh, oh right, the Canon guy. The Canon guy, yeah. Uh, he was commenting on the fact that it's less pixels, you know. 
Yeah. He said, I think the fact that it's going to make it reality is the noise level is better than anything we've seen before. With cleaner images, people are going to feel much more comfortable upresing the image. Not many people need a 21 megapixel file to begin with, so they're going to love the image quality of this camera, and the quality is good enough that those people who need to need huge files can uh, can use them. You know what's funny? Hmm. At anything less than ISO 400 or 800, I see absolutely no noise. I mean, except if I like pull up empty shadow, like really dark shadows. Sure. There's no noise in my images now. Like, I know. Like how much better could these things possibly? I add noise to my images. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. You have to because they look too clean. It's like I need dither. You know, yeah. which is essentially what you're adding. You know, add film grain or or these or these crazy like they're uh, the new um, uh, metering system. Apparently, is a one hundred thousand pixel. Oh like, right, sensor yeah. in there that does the metering. The what Nikon always cracks me about these like super yeah, these super high end metering systems. It sounds like they have some like ultimate. Con- uh, what break cracks me up is that ultimately. It, all they can set is shutter speed and aperture. That's it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, like, it's like, it's all this math, but it's like, okay, yeah. five, six at a 60th. Exactly. Go. They, you know? they come basically wait, down wait, to the same Wait, wait, five, place. six at a 70th. We're going to yeah. go to 70th because we're digital. We can yeah. do it. And you know what? In the end, it looks the same. Like, it's yeah. not that much different oh, than... Oh, and if you're shooting raw, like, I, yeah. I, I, I defy you, man. Let's let's just take do a little test here. And you shoot at a 5.6. You shoot at a... If you can dial it in. Shoot yeah. at a 60th, a 70th, and an 80th of a second. And yeah. you bring those raw files in, I guarantee you can get them all looking exactly the same. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So it's just it just cracks me up that anybody's talking about, oh, we have less noise this time. It's like, no, is noise really a problem? Well, for some people, it's a problem, I suppose. Um... It just I don't know. That just that stuff kind of cracks me up. Yeah, the 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 Nikon one's apparently ninety one thousand something for metering. Like so one of the interesting things that I've noticed face detection. I don't like the face detection. Yeah, I don't get it either. It's stupid. Um. Anyway. Um. So naturally, uh, these new cameras are getting a lot of attention all around the web, mm-hmm. and um, some of the more popular photo bloggers out there have weighed in on okay. their thoughts. I'd like to comment. Okay. Uh, Bill. Bill. (laughs) Yes. Um, No, I'd like to comment on the photo bloggers commenting. Uh Uh-huh. Please do. What's on your mind? Go ahead, caller. Did you you see, first time, uh, flagshipper, Uh um, did you see what uh, Chase Jarvis wrote about this thing? I did not. I don't follow him on Twitter. Okay. I, I, I think he's on the Google Plus with me. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I looked at his thing. And uh-huh. so he writes, oh, Nikon's got this great new camera, blah, 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 blah. Tell me what you think in the comments. Oh, right. I think and, he, I think he yeah. said he didn't get his hands on it. Like, yeah. contrary to popular belief, he didn't okay. have anything to do with this one. But here's my best part. Right. Beware, Nikon reads this this uh, blog, so they'll be interested in the things that you have to say. Oh, God. And I'm like, a little self-important lately. Like, you really think the engineers at Nikon are like, oh, man, some guy who commented on Chase Jarvis's blog thinks that we need to have it be 19 megapixels and be able to do this. So let's just start over again. Ugh. You know what so, I mean? I do know what you mean. Like, that, it's like, come on, people. And then, and then McNally writes a post right. where he's like, I've had my hands. You know, we've had a couple of them, and we've used them on this shoot. And, and first of all, none of the pictures he shows are right. anything that he couldn't have taken with any camera in the last 10 years. Nope, it's totally true. And... On top of that, like it, it, he's taking a picture of some girl in a boat in a swamp and talking about how much it sucked to be out in the swamp. And I right. see the final picture and I'm like, I could have comped that together in my studio from stock footage and it would look <laughs> just as good or better. Well, you're not Joe McNally. Exactly. Bill. Yeah. It, yeah. And good thing I'm not. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did you see that awesome video uh, that the David Hobby Strobist posted of like um, the, it was like this really great video from, from, um, the 80s uh, or maybe the like late 80s early 90s of it was a uh, National Geographic video um, uh, fo- that followed Joe around Joe apparently was shooting some really long six month long uh, assignment on the human eye okay um, and it was like this 18 minute long 20 minute long little mini documentary style video that sort of showed the process of like how putting a story like that to get you know a six month story you know gets like 18 or 20 pages in the in the magazine you know it's a major major spread sure and there's back tons, when they used to do that right and there's tons of this really great video footage of joe mcnally who is the spitting image of uh uh matt damon 
It's hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah. He looks like, good. From the haircut to the just just the, the way his face looks, it's it's really funny. <laughs> I mean, it's like really funny. Because, you know, now Matt Matt Damon is looking a little older and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. and heavier. So they're like, it's really funny. So you should ch- check that out if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so the he, speaking of David Hobby, he's one of the two guys that I thought um, had an interesting take on the new cameras. The other guy is, uh, is Zacharias or Arius, however you say it. And both of those guys have recently, um, sort of coincidentally, um, invested in medium format digital. And they both picked up phase one cameras with uh, digital backs. Yeah, I probably think. because they were given a really good deal by phase one. I don't think so. I think David Hobby got his, he got a P25, which is an old, it's like, that's a good five, six years old, uh, you know, for like five or six grand. I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. He definitely got a good deal and he probably bought it from his phase one, uh, you know, a phase one dealer. So it's got some sort of a warranty on it. And I don't know what, what, uh, what Zach got, but the point is what's, what's interesting now is that this, this is sort of uh, an interesting indicator that um, for, for the, for the guys who don't need the machine gun um, camera anymore, you can get a better looking, you know, or, you know, a, a higher end, image and you know higher end camera with you know better features sort like like higher higher speed flash sync and um you know really ridiculously sharp lenses um for not that much more money you know like when you're talking about like spending 6k on a new the new nikon and then you look at spending like 8k or maybe maybe 9 or 10k on the the phase one system yeah and there's a huge phase one but here's the thing dude there's a huge difference when you drop Seven or eight thousand dollars. So let's leave the sensor out for a second, right? So yeah, let's say you're going to buy a Phase One six four five DF body, mm-hmm. and and the lenses for it, right? So you, you'll spend about ten grand on that. But guess what? That's it. You're done. You don't you don't have to replace that camera anymore because the sensor is removable. It's upgradable. So right. you can you know yeah. You, but the body of a digital system is the not most that expensive. expensive. What are Yo, you talking about? It's the 6, body without. It's six thousand dollars for the body with no lenses and no back. No, no, we're talking about. I'm, t- I'm talking about like Nikon or Canon. I'm just saying. Oh, oh, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. You, but you, I, know, I, you don't have to spend six grand every time and get a whole new camera. Right. You know, right. you could you could spend that six Instead, grand. Instead, you have and to get spend a, thirty grand. To get no, the new. no. If you don't mind using the older, slightly older technology, you know, the four or five year old yeah. stuff, which is still great. I mean, the sensors are huge and they're huge dynamic range and they look great. Uh, I guarantee you that you know a P25 is still going to look better than a 5D Mark II, uh, uh, even though it's older. Well, okay, you know we did a little test of this last year, right? And unless you need them big, at least right. in my opinion, right? You don't. Need, I don't see the difference. Well, but you you didn't really spend enough time monkeying with it in Capture One. And, I didn't. And, however, well, I spent time monkeying with it in Lightroom. Yeah, but it's which, different. Uh, I think I think Capture One is 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 a better application for processing raw files. Especially uh, ones with high dynamic range, like the ones that come out of Phase One cameras. Maybe I, I, I've never been overly. Imp- I mean, I've been impressed with Phase One with Capture One, but I've never been like, "Oh, this is so obviously superior." Yeah. Um. But th- here's the thing: is that mm. that's ignoring all of the things that are wrong with medium format, which is the fact that the autofocus on the camera sucks. Well, that you, the lenses are really expensive, and everything is bigger, and the batteries aren't as good. And the files are, Huge. you know, enormous, and you can only take one of them per second. You right. know, like, but and for, you have to and, understand. For and some people, you can't shoot over ISO two hundred. But that's not a problem for for studio people or for people who are doing like high okay, end portraits. Okay, but but you know what? David Hobby goes and shoots a lot of environmental portraiture. Well, he's not going to be using it for all that stuff. Yeah, and, but I, I, not. my my point is that it's it's we're we're at this point. The point the point that I'm trying to make is we are now. At a at a at a spot in in history where that level is attainable, where like two three years ago it wasn't even considerable. You know, people okay. were, weren't even thinking about it. Perhaps, but you know what? My five D Mark II probably takes better pictures than a medium format camera from five years ago. I would I would put them on the same on the same level. Yeah, and mine cost two thousand instead of the twenty thousand it cost five years ago. Oh, more than that, probably. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying that like, who needs? that much image quality when you're cutting down these files so much anyway. Well, the other, the other difference, man, and this is something that again is really more of a, uh, a personal, personal choice, but I got to tell you, man, I, I've seen pictures taken with Mamiya's 
you mm-hmm. know, RZ67s and Hasselblad. Through those, there's something special about that look. You know, the RZ look. There's an R. There is a look. There's an RZ look. There's a Hasselblad look. Yeah. That I, look, the Canon I, doesn't doesn't come anywhere near it. It's totally different. I. And, I, I know what you're talking about. And that's what I, I'm saying. So for you to get that look, you need to use that stuff. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that the Canon stuff doesn't look good. Okay. I'm saying it all looks good. But th- there's something really special about that higher end medium format stuff that you can only the only way you can get that is using that stuff. The problem I have with that justification is that as much as I understand what you're saying and I love shooting with my Hasselblad and I used to have an, a Mamiya that I used to use film in. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I think that I can tell that difference, if push came to shove, I don't know that I could tell the difference. And there are so many people who shoot such incredibly amazing stuff right. on the cameras that you and I had sure. in our phones three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? I do. I know exactly what you mean. That the idea that to say, oh, my 21 megapixel full frame sensor is not high enough quality to take these pictures the way I want them to. That's just such complete and utter bullshit. No, and, and it's and, not it's not a quality thing. Again, you have to kind of separate yourself from that, because at this point, at this level, the quality isn't the question. I mean, it's all quality, dude. It's yeah. all good stuff. You know, it, we're not saying that one thing is any better than the other. Um, as far as that's concerned, it, it's it's a personal choice, man. It's a prefer. It's it's a look. Um, it's it's a style. It's a flavor, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and my my only point is that in order for you to get that flavor, you need to use these specific ingredients. You know, that's just that's just the way the recipe works. You know, that's that's yeah. the only way you could do it. I mean, David Hubby in this in this article is basically saying what P sixty five is like a twenty three megapixel back. P sixty five? No, yeah, twenty five. The twenty five is twenty five megapixels. Is it twenty five megapixels? Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's saying that like, oh, so he's got he bought an eighty two point eight. Right. Well, that's that only is, that's the only yeah. one thing. And then he bought like a couple others that are some other focal plane shutters right. that sync at one hundred twenty fifth of a second, which. No, more than not that. Very fa- no, I that's what he says right here. Oh, really? Oh, the new yeah. ones go to four hundred. Yeah. Right. Well, the the he, this is a focal plane shutter, not a uh, like a um, oh a leaf shutter. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, because they're these crappy lenses, and he got them for three hundred bucks a piece. Oh, right, right. The the focal plane those those are the old school the old six four five AF. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those basically, are. he says he's going to shoot with essentially the equivalent of a fifty millimeter lens. Right. All the time. Like I just I don't I don't know. It's, Look who's talking, this, Mr. Twenty Eight. You shoot with that thing all the time. I love my Twenty Eight, <laughs> but I have a Fifty, and I have an Eighty Five for when no. the Twenty Eight doesn't work. I know, I know. I, I just, just I don't know. This this kind of feels like he wants to be in the uh he wants to be in the group of cool kids who shoot medium format. That's kind of what that feels like to me. Well, and I wish I could be there too. I just can't justify spending that much money on it. And that's and, it. and I realize the limitations that that has. So so here's yeah. my point. This kind of comes around to what I was saying before about how I can't really fathom spending any money on any kind of camera at this point just because you can rent this stuff for so damn cheap. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adorama currently has a deal. I just looked this up. You can rent the P, uh, sorry, the Phase 1 645DF body with the 80 millimeter 2.8 lens and yep. the P30 back, which is the right. newer one. For two hundred and twenty bucks, sure, for the day. Yeah. If you need it, you rent it. Yeah, and and you know, that, I mean, I know that sounds like a lot of yeah. money to some people, but can, you know, you know how much that whole rig would cost to purchase. Yeah. To purchase, I mean, that's like twenty thousand dollars minimum. That's like a good, no, maybe not twenty. It's maybe like eighteen, eighteen or eight. It's a lot of money. It's not cheap. The the P thirty back is still relatively current. I think those are going for at least fifteen grand, and then you factor in the body and the lens. But um, but that's a hell of a rig for not a lot of money. Um, when you compare, if you want to rent just a, a P65 back without a camera or nothing, just the back alone, like assuming you have a camera and lens and all that other stuff, a P65 goes for between four and five hundred bucks just for the back. Yeah. So when you compare that, you get a whole camera with a back for half that practically. That's a good deal. I just, you know, here in this thing he's talking about, he's comparing it to a D3. Well, yeah, you're comparing it to a camera with less than half the pixels. Uh-huh. You know, to get get a get a, a D3X, take the same picture pictures, open them up next to each other 
I mean, look, I, I liked when we were shooting with that medium format camera, it was great. Except if I'm shooting at anything less than 5.6, right. I can't assume that my pictures are actually going to be sharp on somebody's eyes. It's true. Cause <laughs> you focusing know. is hard. Exactly. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It just, it, it just kind of feels like you're, I don't know, cutting off your nose in spite of your face somehow. I mean, I think that there are places, there are times for medium format and I'm all for it for those situations. And if I could, if I was independently wealthy and I could have one as a secondary camera, sure, I'd get one. Right. But like the whole idea that like, oh, these new cameras that are, these new 35 millimeters are so whatever, no, no, I need let, to go let, to medium let's, format. Let's just let's, let's sort of summarize here. And basically, I think we're on the same page. I think we, we can safely say that at this point, there are so many amazing cameras and amazing technology out there you really have to make a choice and decide what the right tool for the right job is and the you know it's a it's a blessing and it's a curse there's so much good stuff that you know you can do you can really do just about anything with any of these things and it's just a question of figuring out which one makes the most sense to you um and you know makes the most sense to to what you know what your project is you know yeah. and your budget and your timing and your availability you know and logistics i i just know that using uh that medium format that day felt like i was using a an autofocus camera from 1986 <laughs> well, like that's how they handle it's true if you're talking about if you're grading it on autofocus alone then they're light years the only away. thing they have going for them is dynamic range really which is huge, dude. Yeah, no, which is huge. But the dynamic, the dynamic range of the current cameras is is like, oh, this gives you twelve stops. The the current ones that I have is like ten and a half or eleven stops. It's like, okay, I hear it's you. giving you a little bit in the shadows. There's a different. The, the other difference that I, I I'm still gonna stick by is there there is a difference in the way light behaves given the size of the sensor and the size of the lens, you know, larger, the larger, yes, no, you, know, right. you know, this dude, the of larger I, yes, format stuff looks different. It has a yes, different it look. Does. It's sharper. It's clearer. It's crisper. It has better contrast. That's why every professional product photographer, when you go looking through catalogs, you think any of that stuff was shot on, <laughs> on a 35 millimeter camera. I don't think so. You know, right. it's all either shot minimum, uh, you know, medium format, more likely four by five. You know, yeah, because I know. there's nothing that looks like that. That stuff is so so sharp. It's just, it's just. Uh, I don't know. There's something. There's something about it. Look, I, I, I love, I love the idea of medium format digital. I just think that the people uh, sh- show me the pictures that David Hobby is taking with his P twenty five back that are that amazing that he couldn't have taken with it, whatever. Plus he's a freaking editorial photographer. Those things are going to get printed quarter page. It's yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not, you're, you're, <laughs> you know? you're picking a very specific example. I'm, I'm now sort of, I'm, I, you know what this is? This, this is a guy who made some money off of that, like strobist, uh, bus tour with McNally and he's spending it on a camera that to make him feel cooler. Cause he's not a cool guy. Oh, come on. I mean, I like his site and he writes really great stuff, but you know, he's not a hip. He's not Chase Jarvis, is what you're saying. He's not Chase Jarvis. I mean, if he was Chase Jarvis, then now you know. I, I mean, speaking of you know, Chase Jarvis is a Hasselblad guy. He's been shooting the, the their 4D, the H4 series for for years. As yeah, far as I know. Sure, they give him one too. Uh, well, I think he's he's got to deal with them. Exactly. But, uh, but that's, yeah, you know what? That's the thing. I can't trust any of these guys for what camera they choose. Yeah. Because they all have deals. That's a good point. You know. So okay, great. <laughs> Chase Jarvis is, you know, getting a Hasselblad at cost right or sure less. sure i'll use your camera well sure you then i'll buy one you know sure. i know a very very famous photographer who used to shill for olympus but when i asked him you really use those things and he said no i use a 5d mark ii if i shoot digital <laughs> so that's, that's you know yeah it's what what they say and what they do are two different things the way i figure it is if the 5d mark ii is good enough for the president's photographer yeah you know, yeah, but he's and, a journalist, dude. You, you yeah, yeah, but you, but the you, official you, you, you headshot things. of the president of the United States was taken with a zoom lens on a 5D Mark II. <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> so you know what? All the rest of this is academic at a certain point. Mm-hmm. That that said, if I had an extra six grand or whatever the heck this thing is going to cost, I would go back up to a pro body. Yeah, I like the weight of it. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I I. Now, I've been shooting with my D3 for long enough now 
that whenever I hold even even an you know a, a high like a uh, the the prosumer stuff like the D seven hundred or any of the smaller cameras, it's just it feels so different. You know, yeah. I don't think I could go back. Yeah, that's the problem too. Is that when you're, I've got all this heavy glass, these one point two and one point four primes, and they they weigh down the front too much. Yeah, like totally. I, like the 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 body needs to be heavier to counterbalance the stupid. It's lens. true. I mean, and they, and they take that kind of stuff into consideration when they're designing it too. Yeah, you almost wish that you know, it's like I could take my five D and put some lead weights inside of it. Well, you could put the grip <laughs> on it, dude. Yeah, but. Uh, you really okay for me if you're putting a grip on a camera that's smaller uh-huh. just buy the damn pro camera because you look like a douche I don't know I, that bothers me <laughs> whatever dude because you know what? it doesn't look it doesn't it's it's bigger than if the grip was built in it, does that make sense point. I mean I hear no, no, you're no, saying no 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 like it's it, it's a 5D with the grip on it is actually taller than a 1D with the grip built in so well it's just it looks like it looks like it's it looks like it's added on. It's it is added be, on. I, I know, but it looks really inelegant to me. It just seems like it. You know what it is? It's like it's like uh, the guys with the Honda Civics with the spoilers and the and the. That's what <laughs> no, it looks it's like. Not to that me. bad. That's what it looks like to me. All right, I'll, I'll go on record saying that. All right. Well, you're weird. <laughs> I mean, I I would agree with you if they were the same cost, but no. I mean, like you're talking about spending another hundred hundred and fifty bucks or whatever. You know, and adding an additional grip to your camera that lets you shoot horizontal or vertical way yeah. easier. It lets gives you better. It gives you two batteries instead of one, so yeah. way more battery life. Okay, have you ever had a battery life issue with a camera lately in the last uh, five years? Uh, I go on week long trips with my camera, no, no. and I don't I, even the bring a battery charger anymore. And it was that was just because it was cold, right? Uh, like th- there's there's another complete red herring, battery life. It's true. Battery life on the six four five though. Holy yeah. crap, man! Uh, when that thing's running off of the six double A's, yeah, you, you it would burn through two of those two sets of batteries in a in a day. Easily. Oh wow! Look, there's Easily. another bad idea of using one of those <laughs> big medium format cameras. <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's just like if you put the pros and cons list, it's kind of absurd. Whatever. <laughs> You're being such a baby. <laughs> I'm being a baby. I'm being completely <laughs> rational. Uh huh. <laughs> The guy who's trying to look cool by shooting medium formats, the baby. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, that was kind of fun. Yeah, sure. You don't Can't. like arguing about that stuff? No, it's fine. People <laughs> people don't, I guess, they, they uh, I've gotten comments that we don't argue enough. Do they like it when we argue? Some people do. I mean, I, I can't really call that arguing. I think that's more disagreeing. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't actually yelling. And we'll and we'll go back to being friends thirty seconds after we're done. So well, it really doesn't. Uh, yeah, I don't think it really doesn't make a difference. Um, you know, the, I remember seeing just the last little note on the flagship stuff. I remember seeing a review of the the one DS three or whatever I was using, and uh, and some guy said, you know, yes, it's this camera and it's a great camera and all the rest of it. And you know, if you have to happen to like nail a few boards together, it'll work as a hammer too. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know those things, such solid metal chunks of whatever. They are solid cameras, man. <laughs> yeah, um, they're they're built like tanks. And I don't care. I mean, I mean, I know what 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 you think, but I I still think Nikon has it over um, Canon as far as ergonomics are concerned. Like just holding the damn thing in your hand, it just there's something. See, I just agree because I hate the shutter button on Nikon cameras. I can never take the picture I want to take on a Nikon because it's always Ugh. focusing and going off at the wrong times. Well, that's. That's a control issue. It's dude. what you're used to. I don't. I I like the fact that Canon has less buttons. You know. I hear you. Because Nikon has like 40 billion buttons all over right. the place. 45 all, billion, actually. Well, and they're all like different shaped and sized and complete work completely differently from each other. And you're kind of like, the hell well, are you people do? There's a reason for that, dude. No, I understand that. But like, if you're used, it's it's all a matter of what you're used to. Yeah. The you know? the, the I mean, Nikon's philosophy is that you should be able to make all the adjustments without having to take your eye from the camera. So if all the controls right. and buttons felt the same, you'd you get them mixed up. And so yeah. when they're, when they feel different and they're in different shapes and different sizes and different locations, you, you know, your, your brain remembers where they are easier. Yeah. The That's, only thing I'm changing and when I'm taking pictures is shutter speed, aperture and, <laughs> and, uh, focus, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I hear you. uh, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's a battle for another day, but we could, you know, <laughs> you and I have had our differences in that. It's true. Um, I, I don't like the, that Nikon lenses screw on 
counterclockwise. Right, left to right instead of right to left. Yeah, I've yeah. actually kind of gotten used to the cannon way. I think the cannon way makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, you're screwing it on and removing it, and, you know, unscrewing it. It's true. Um, but I think that's also legacy. I mean, the fact that... Yeah, that's that, just that some weird thing from the 60, 70s. 60 years old. And you know what it is? They probably, um, they probably were doing it that way because they couldn't get some Leica or Nikon patent you know what I mean? Some, uh, some yeah, who knows thing. what the thought the thought process was? Yeah, it's exactly. Uh, it's kind of stupid. Eh, what are you gonna do? Yay, cameras! <sighs> cameras. All right. Well, we'll, do, well. You know, I'm working on a good uh, guest for next week. So. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get Chuck on here, which would be fun. Neat. Um, something somebody a little bit different. Cool. Uh, so until then, uh, you can find us at circuitous.tv. Yeah, participate uh, in our discussion log yes. in log into the can you log on you gotta log on to the internet to do it yeah well my camera went computer right your camera um, went computer is that what you just said yeah heather's <laughs> heather's mother uh, uh <laughs> apparently said that her her phone goes goes on computer oh right sure yeah, yeah. my phone goes on computer in my purse oh but gotcha. the problem is she has like one of those like feature phones from 1992 a, a flip phone it's probably some really crappy like lg flip phone nice i love those but i just love the fact it went on computer right on computer <laughs> um uh, Log let's on. see circuitous dot tv yes circuitous conversations at gmail.com if you want right. to email us sure and uh at bill wadman and at dan Godisman if you want to follow us on the twitters yep we're on and, there and, tweeting, uh, tweeting up a storm you not, tweet not a lot? Really. No. <laughs> I tweet like maybe once every day or two, and it's almost always a link to stupid pictures or a silly link. Yeah. <laughs> I very rarely actually have any original content. I tweet every once in a while. No, you tweet more than I do. You know, Twitter. I don't know yeah. if it's worth it anymore. Uh, so until next week, we will talk to you then. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.